You may be seated in the sanctuary. This morning is going to be a different kind of worship experience, different kind of sermon. I want you to take the next few moments and just watch the screen. You're going to have to pay attention because there are words written on the screen that you'll need to read, and so you might have to whisper to someone to tell them what you saw. If you got the best pair of glasses, you might have to share. Amen. I see uh, Johnny and Valestine Carey here this morning. Welcome them to home, to Shiloh. I want you to take a moment. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay good attention. Because I want to do a sermon this morning that's a little bit different, a little unusual. And um, what I want you to do is when you leave here this morning, I want you to pray that God lets you see your life, your husband, your wife, your children. Each one of you, listen to me closely. Your children, your people you work with, your co-workers, the person driving down the street. I want you to pray that you can see them through God's eyes. Play the video. Kid, every time I'm pulling out, he's right there. Man, and someone needs to talk to his parents if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? It's and always, every day, this intersection's always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. I need some of these dumb roads. Oh, there's. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Oh, sure. Take the spot. Way to be considerate. Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's about time. Let's see, what do I want? Uh, yeah, could I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookie. The world? Your oyster, and he's serving your cookies. Thanks, Thank sir. you so much. Uh -huh. What can I get for you? Uh, yeah, I'll tall decaf macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. Three eighty-five. And uh, it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line, obviously. And thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. What? What is... What am I supposed to do? How can I how can I do anything about that? 
Can I even help with that? I don't... Your copy, sir. Oh. I can't... I can't take this anymore. I gotta get out of here. Hey, watch it. Hey, buddy, come here. So this morning, I want to talk about the love factor. And this is part two of the love factor. I've been dealing with this and thinking about this because I've come to realize that a lot of us are struggling with our relationships. And we're particularly struggling with difficult people. And sometimes we're struggling with the decisions of others. You know, sometimes people make some choices that really, really can get underneath our skin. We get angry with them, we want to put them out of our lives, we want to say, it's my way or the highway. This is the life. We want to demand that they meet our criteria to actually arrive at a place where they deserve our love. You're not good enough for me to love you. We want people to get to a certain place where they are meritorious of us. But the scripture here speaks of agape love. And agape love is different because it is that kind of love. Now, I know you, you've come to know eros. You've come to know philios. You, you've come to know brotherly love or sensual love. But, 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 but godly love is selfless. It's sacrificial. It is unconditional love. One of the first things we teach students who are studying pastoral counseling is the concept we call UPR. And UPR is unconditional positive regard. So that regardless of what the situation is, we don't want you to respond adversely to whatever negativity is going on in the counseling session, instead to offer unconditional positive regard. It's the hardest concept to learn, but we learn that even in secular environments because we recognize that the greatest need of any soul is unconditional acceptance. 
here, here God says to them, he says, I want you to live with a life of love unconditionally. I want an agape love, a perfected love, a love that is beyond what you could do in your flesh. So you'll need to do it because of your relationship with me. He says, I want you to love unconditionally. It means that I want you to have the kind of love of people that you can love them in tough times. I want you to have the kind of love of people that you can love even your enemies. I want you to have the kind of love for people that you can love in what the Dalai Lama said. Love is the absence of judgment. You know, I think some of you think that God abdicated the throne and made you judge over the earth. There's some stuff that only God's going to get to handle. You see, you see, listen, unconditional love doesn't mean that I love everything about a person. It doesn't mean that everything they do, I'm going to be excited about it. it what it really means is this. It means that what is going on with them will never stop me from loving them. Better still, and I don't need them to change in order to make me happy. Bishop, where are you coming from? Let me help you something. Look at someone now, say neighbor. Real unconditional love never fails any test. It can struggle, but the bond can never be broken. It can be shaken, but the bond really can't be broken. It, it can even be stirred up. It could even kind of stink sometimes, but the bond can never be broken. Oh, love. There's a Swedish proverb that says, love me when I least deserve it, because that is when I need it the most. Okay. Let me see if I can help you this morning. I want to suggest that the only way you will love the way Jesus has described in this text is that you love with a divine perspective for participation, which is why I showed you the video. A divine perspective for participation. In other words, I need you to see folk the way God sees people. I don't need you to see folk through your own earthbound jealousy, envy, strife, anger, pity. No, I need you to see people the way God sees them. See, you'll never participate in the love factor the way God wants you to as long as you keep looking through your flesh because most of us base our relationships upon reciprocalness. What do I get out of it? That's why it was such a shock when Kennedy said those immortal words, ask not 
what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country because it changed the reciprocal nature of it. Now I need to ask, what is my sacrifice in the relationship? See, I need you to know that a divine perspective is different from yours. Because see, it's the only way you can be on a cross after being beaten all night long and hanging bloody and then look down on the people that just beat you and say, I forgive you. But it is the same spirit of our brothers and sisters who would have somebody invade a Bible study, come in and sit among them, shoot them, and then their family members days later look across at a courtroom and say, I forgive you. That's a different kind of love. See, some of you sitting there right now saying, Bishop, I don't have that yet. Well, I need to help you now. Because before I'm finished, I'm actually going to make a suggestion until you get it, you're really not a disciple. I'm going to test your real faith. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48. Here's what Jesus says, that famous sermon. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy. Look at somebody now, say neighbor. I'm glad I don't have to practice on you. <laughs> you're not my enemy, you're not my enemy, you're not my <laughs> You're not my, listen. He says, love your enemy. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Look at somebody right now, say neighbor. This is the exact opposite of how I feel when somebody does me wrong. Because, <laughs> see, some of y'all know you do us wrong, there's going to be some furniture moving. <laughs> I'm going to hurry. I really, this is good stuff. He says, do good to those who hate you. Hate you? It's in the Bible. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I'm supposed to pray for that? Wait a minute. That you may be sons, and I want to add daughters of your father in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Listen, he said, it's easy to love folk that love you. I want to know if you can love somebody that won't love you back. Um... I talk about divine perspective for participation. There's, a, there's an old um, uh, story told among my Jewish brothers and sisters. And the story, uh, traditional story, is that of Abraham. I've shared it in Bible study. Let me give it a moment to share it again. It's a story told of Abraham. And this story is told all the time 
among uh, Jews as a lesson to teach them about hospitality. I want to teach this lesson now about how God's perspective is. So listen closely. It said that Abraham was sitting outside of his tent one evening, and he saw an old man come to him. And he saw the old man was tired and aging, and he had been journeying, and Abraham rushed out of his tent to greet the man. He then brought the man into his tent, and he was feeding, going to feed the man. And then all of a sudden, Abraham looked at the old man and looked at him and said, let us pray. And the old man said, I don't pray. I don't worship your God. And Abraham looks at him and says, you don't worship God? He said, he said you need to worship God. I worship God. He says, I reverence no God. Abraham got upset. He's ready to feed him. He's already washed his feet as a traveler in his home. He's upset. He's mad. What do you mean you worship no? I worship no God. He said, he said, I, he said you can't eat in my house. Abraham gets up, throws the man back out into the night air. Little old man back out into the desert. Kicks him out. A few hours later, God comes to speak to his friend Abraham and says, Abraham, Where's the old man that I sent to you today? And Abraham said, God, he came, but he would not pray to you. He would not worship you. He did not acknowledge you, wouldn't reverence you. So I kicked him out. And God looked back at him and said, Abraham, I have been putting up with that man for 80 years. You couldn't put up with him for one night? Just because people think they can exclude God doesn't mean God has excluded them. You see, I've got to recognize some stuff. I've got to recognize that I've got to get a new perspective. I know some folk you don't like. I'm sure that some folk don't like you too. But it has nothing to do with love. Dr. King wrote a book one time called The Strength to Love. In the midst of the civil rights movement, in the midst of the bull Connors of the world sicking dogs on folk, in the midst of the Birmingham bombing where little children were killed during Sunday school, in the midst of the way in which people were being mistreated all over Alabama, yet he's talking about the strength to love. Because see, you can't really be true to your faith and walking around with unforgiveness in your heart. I know. Can I, can, would you do, would you preach with me for a moment? Would you preach with me? You don't mind preaching? Can you, can you preach? Can you preach? Can you preach? Would you look at the person next to you and say, neighbor, People may disappoint you, but that does not give you a reason to stop loving them. Okay. All right. If, if, if I start with divine perspective for participation, the participation I'm relating to is service unto God. 
It's what, what has God called me to do? What has God called you to do? Because he gave us this word, a ministry of reconciliation. How can you reconcile people you don't really love? Matter of fact, some of us are going to have a hard time because we got too many people we don't like. Okay, listen. Number two, it is divine position for purpose. Divine position for purpose. I believe God has positioned us in the world for a purpose. I do believe some of us are being tested in our place in God. But I believe God has positioned us. And, and I want to help you right here. First John chapter 4, verse 7. I would go all the way to 21, but this is not Bible study, so I'm just going to go 7 through 11. Chapter, chapter 1 John 4, verse 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. See that? See that? He talking about you. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Maybe I, maybe, let me say this crowd over here because they, they already give me the evil eye on that side. So I'm going here. <laughs> he who does not love, he says, that person does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. <sighs> okay. I need to, I need to say, I have been positioned as a born-again believer by the love of God. But let me help you here. Watch this now. If Jesus is the embodiment of the Godhead on earth, and if as that embodiment, he embodied and exemplified a life of love, and if he has passed his commission on to believers to now be the embodiment of him on earth as disciples, disciplined ones, followers, then what I am now is the embodiment of the love of God demonstrated at Calvary, walking the earth every day, benefiting by what Christ has done. Okay. We walk down this street one more way. I'm, going, I'm almost done. I'm really, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I am going to stop. <clears throat> Once I get to your street. I see some of us, we've had some difficult days. We've got people that have hurt us deeply. They cut us to the core, and we stop talking to them. Can't love them no more. They on my list. 
whatever word you normally use in your Christian mind. Some of us have fallen out with relatives we haven't talked to in years. Some of us have fallen out with old lovers we can't even be around. Some of us can't stand people because of their politics. Some of us get excited when we get around fellow liberals, get angry when we get around conservatives. Some people get excited when they get around conservatives who wear their MAGA hats, and others get excited and upset when they see a MAGA hat. And now we have a country now divided between liberalism and conservatism. We have a country now divided with xenophobia and homophobia. We've got a country right now divided as people keep staring out their window looking at the other. We've got a country that is building a wall at the border, but the wall at the border is not even nearly as bad as the border in the cities where you have hotels that won't let young men walk in because they're young, rich, and black. You have borders everywhere that are not walls, but they're places that keep you out because of economic segregation. You're not wanted in here. We've got walls everywhere of gerrymandering lines. We've got walls everywhere of racism and classism. We've got walls everywhere. The walls on the border are the least of our issues because they're a demonstration of the hatred and wickedness of the heart of the nation where babies are dying in many prisons as they are being brought across the border and left with people to die. And you wonder why I thought it was time to talk about love? This nation needs a change. But it's not just the nation, it's the people in the nation. Righteousness exalted the nation and a sin is a reproach to any people. And if the Christian church, the ones called to love, lead a campaign of hate, then how are we Christian? Here it is. I call on you to live your faith. Don't talk about it. Be about it. I believe you've been positioned for purpose. That the love of Jesus through you can be manifested to the world. I am um, many years ago. I came here. One of the first things I did was I did a survey, and uh, I had been here a minute, but Jose and uh, Mr. Washington probably remember this real well. So I did this survey to find out what members wanted, what they were interested in, 
And I got back a whole bunch of them. People can send surveys back in. I'm going to do it again real soon. Uh, so I got all these responses. But one of the most interesting responses was this one. Since you've been here, anybody can join this church. <laughs> anybody can join this church. The book said, whosoever will, let him come. Let me tell you something. There are ways in which even we at this stage of our integration and our movement now of various people of socioeconomic backgrounds and educational levels, there are ways that we can make walls in here if we're not careful between those who have economic needs and those that don't because this ought to always be a place where anybody can join. Whether you got a PhD or no degree at all, you ought to be able to, okay. Okay, I, I, I'll go to my seat with this one right here. Right here. Right here. Okay. The last point is, it is divine power for propagation. For propagation. I know. Ten cent word means reproduction, means growth, in case you didn't know it. Uh. <laughs> word, word, word. Let, let, me, let, me, let me do it this way. You see, I said this in Bible study the other night, that my job is to help souls connect to their creator, to get back to God, to connect souls to the creator. Your job, having been enlightened, is to help me help others connect to the creator. Let me go over here. Your job is to help me help others to connect to the creator. In the balcony, your job is to help me to help others connect to the creator. Well, I can't connect them if you don't bring them in. And I can't connect them if when they come in, they run into a bunch of people that don't want them in. I can't connect them if they don't feel the hospitality of Jesus Christ when they walk in the door. I can't connect them if in the parking lot somebody gets mad because someone took your favorite parking space. I can't connect them if your pew has your name on it. If somebody sits there, you roll your eyes at them all through church. I can't connect them if you don't want to sing because you think you're too pretty. I can't connect them if you don't want to play your instrument because you ain't got what you want. I can't connect them if the sound ain't right. The 
the lights ain't right. We need to work this thing together. We need to grow God's kingdom for the salvation of God's people together. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Look at someone say, neighbor, God did it through love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Look at somebody say, neighbor, God gives you life. Now come on and praise him, boy. Doors of the church open, I extend an invitation.